We all know that almost hauntingly beautiful chant of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur that we sing together uh, every Musaf on Yom Kippur, uh, where he counts the sprinkling of the blood that he performs um, in front of the Kaporet uh, and of, of the the Aron, right in the Kodesh Kadoshim, in the Holy of Holies, in front of the the, the um, Ark and its lid, and in front of the Parochet in the Hechal, and he counts. Um, and so on um, always counting counting one and then one and two one sorry one, counting one and then one and one one and two one and three one and four so we're all familiar with that but um, what is it about where does it come from so Algamora and Daphne and Hamid Aleph talks about it and after a lot of discussion of exactly how it's done and how the wording of the counting is done uh, the Gemara makes a comment and says um, uh, and nevertheless, no matter how what your particular version is of how you count, one thing is clear: everybody agrees that that first counting, the achat, has to be repeated again with each of the seven subsequent countings. My timer. What is the reason for that? Two reasons are given. The first one is Rabbi Lazar that he will not make a mistake in his process of counting. And Rashi explains, That moment of counting one before each subsequent counting just gives him a moment to focus his mind and, and focus his attention on the next number and make sure that he's numbering, numbering them correctly, accurately and sequentially. Uh, and so he says, Achat ve'achat, then... Before he says Shtayim is Achat Vashtayim, Achat Vashalosh, each one allowing him a little bit of time to uh, to gather his thoughts and to focus. Uh, the Tosfist Yishonim learns it a little differently and says the concern is that he may go from the first Achat, the first one, straight to two. Uh, and he would say uh, one and then two, three, four, five, and, and then in using doing it that way, um, he's only going to count a total of seven sprinklings instead of eight. And we see that they have to be eight. So the Tosavish Yishonim says, well, if they have to be eight, why don't we just have him count eight? And then we don't have to worry about a mistake after that first count. He could just count one and then let the next one be two instead of one of two, one of three, one of four. Um, let it be, let, let him just count sequentially from one to eight. And the Tosavish Yishonim answers that there's uh, clear evidence in the Torah that these need to be two separate sets of counting. One set is one. One sprinkling, achat lamala, one one string, one that, that he does upwardly, uh, and then sheva lamata, and then he does seven sprinklings after that, a set of seven, and there has to be a set of seven. It can't be eight. So we have an idea here of these numbers. We have the idea of seven and eight, but not as uh, as a total as one total of eight. It's two different sets, seven and and one, which together constitute eight. However. That one has to be infused into each of the seven. It's not completely separate. We do have separate sets. There's a set of one and there's a set of seven. But that set of seven is infused with the one in each case of the countings, one, two, three, all the way up to seven. And, and what, what does it all mean? Of course, we can't understand the meaning of the mitzvot and what Hashem's intention is, but we certainly uh, are able to gain some sense and some understanding, particularly when we look at it 
through frameworks of, of foundational principles. And you've noticed how often it is that different shiurim intersect. And that's something we're working with in the Thursday night shiur um, appears in, the, in that week's matmonim or in the parsha or whatever. And that's not just for coincidence or, or, or miracle, uh, which in a way it is, but it's more than that too. Because when you're learning a foundational principle, the chances are that that foundational principle will be able to be found in different parts of the Torah as well. So in, in each part of the Torah, the whole Torah is nested. As the brother of the Vilna Gon writes in Ma'alat Torah, that each, uh, the, the Torah is an Eitzachayim, meaning... Firstly, you've got the sense of it's structured like a tree. There is a foundation. And when you get to the foundation, there's one trunk for the whole tree. So whatever concept you're studying, if you get to the foundational principle that underlies that concept, it's going to be the same principles that you find everywhere. And also the idea that in the seed of a tree uh, is the, the DNA of the whole tree. You can analyze the seed and you'll know the whole tree. So every concept of Torah has within it nested all the other concepts of the Torah, the entire Torah altogether. So in the shiur um, that I gave on Shabbat, in the Shabbat Mavarchim shiur on the month of Tammuz, we spoke about uh, the, how the Sefer Yitzira treats uh, Tammuz and Av. And that Tammuz is the month of seeing. It's, it, it's the month of Re'iyah. And the, the Shevet that's as, assigned to it is Re'uven. And Re'uven has an element of, of Re'iyah to it. It's, it's vision, it's seeing. Um, and that the, um, the month is also assigned to the, the right hand, which the Vilna Gaon explains, because the right hand is the vehicle you use in order to manufacture an object, to do something that needs fine motor coordination. And re'iyah only applies to, f to fabricated um, objects. You can only see something which has been made, whether it's made by Hashem in the form of nature or it's made by a human being, but it has to be an object. It has to be something with dimension, something tangible. So Tammuz is the time of, of the vision of the tangible, being able to see the tangible. And then Av is Shmiyah, and it's the, the tribe of Shimon, and Shimon has the element of, of Shomea, uh, and, and Av is, is the left kidney, and the kidney is the source of subjective intuition. So Av is about hearing, listening, it's about attributing meaning to what you see. What you see in Tammuz is just objective, it's just facts, it's data. Tammuz is about collecting the data. Av is about giving meaning to the data. And we talked in the parasha of Shlach Lecha how the uh, Meragling made that error of transgressing beyond data collection into interpretation and meaning. And that's where most mistakes take place. That's where most error takes place. That's where most sin takes place. When we take uh, things that we can see, when objective reality, data, it might be a halacha in Shulchan Aruch, it might be a piece of Gemara, it might be an event in life. And we see the facts, but the meaning we attribute to it is distorted or subjective or false. Uh, and then the, the, the data doesn't help us all that more. We've made, we've given it false meaning, as the Meraglim did, as the spies did in, in Shulach Lecha. And that's why the Sefer Yetzirah says that Chet is attributed, the letter Chet is attributed to Tammuz, and the letter Tet is attributed to uh, Av, and we showed in the Shia from the end of uh, the seventh parak of uh, Yuma in the Yerushalmi, we showed that 
when Chet and Tet come together, two let- letters which are not found in the names of all the tribes of Israel, um, that's that's because, uh, as they said to their father Yaakov in Vayechi, there is no Chet, there is no sin among them. So Chet and Tet together represents sin, and that's the danger of Tammuz and Av. The danger of it's a period of time when it's easy to err by attributing inaccurate meaning to data and into information, into facts. And aren't we just living in such a period where the media are doing that all the time, taking facts, um, we feel it particularly from, from an Israeli perspective, but it's not only from Israel. They are just expert at taking facts and attributing whatever meaning they want to those facts. And then the argument is, it's just facts. We're just reporting facts. But of course they're not. They're doing exactly what the Miraglin did. They take the, f- the facts and they're attributing their own agenda's meaning to those facts. That distorts it and creates the power of Lashon Hara and, and, and all those negative forces. And we said in the Shir also how tzitzit, at the end of the parasha, the idea of tzitzit is to peep. It's also visual, to peep. Um, and in, in, in Shira Shirim, we've got metzitz ben minacharakim, to be able to peep through the, the cracks, or mashgiach minachalonot, that when you look, you look through a framework, whether it's a window that is framed, or you look through a little crack that is framed, framed by the crack. And the frame that you use says so much about what you see when you look and how Tzitzit teaches us to look at the world through the framework of Torah and Mitzvot. So what does this got to do with the sprinkling of the blood? Let's come back to that and say, um, the Maral always talks about the fact that seven is the tangible physical world. It's the world of nature, it's the world we know, it's the, the world that we live in. Uh, eight is the super world. It's the world of, of Ruchniyot, of spirituality, of, uh, of Hashem's world. That's the supernatural world. And what we see here is that not only are there these two worlds, and they are separate worlds, but we've got to be able to infuse the world of Ruchnius, the world of, of Torah Mitzvot. We've got to be able to infuse that into our physical, tangible world, world. And not just at the end. We don't do all the seven steps and go to the end of the of the physical world and when we've kind of covered everything that there is in, in physics and chemistry, then we start looking at the spiritual meaning. No, we bring that echad, we bring that integrated unity, which is the oneness of Hashem, into everything we do and everything we see in the tangible world in front of us. It's achat v'achat, achat v'shtayim, achat v'shalosh. As we move our way through and navigate this tangible world, whether it's in our professions and businesses, or it's in our day-to-day life, or with our families, in everything that we do, every step of the way, we bring the achat in. We do it with a sense of doing it l'shem shemayim, for doing something in the name of Hashem and in, in representation of Hashem. Um, we can also look at it through the lens of the last Thursday night's Parshashir, where we talked about the fact that um, uh, the difference of, of, of when miracle steps in, when there's Hashkacha, when God uh, uh, provides for us and takes care of us, and when there's Hishtadlut, when you have to do things on your own, and it's the same idea of this physical world and the spiritual world. And we've got to operate in the physical world and do everything that we can, as Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar said on Thursday night, we've got to do everything we can within the physical world. And only after that does Hashkacha step in 
and does the supernatural take over? But what we see in this piece of Gomorrah, if we use the same lens and the same kind of principle, it's not that you do everything you can in the physical world, not even thinking of Hashem. And then when you've done everything you can, you let off and you say, well, now it's in God's hands. Uh, let, let Hashem do whatever he, whatever he wants, whatever he can with it. That's, that's not what it is. It's in everything you do, in every physical step that you take in every step in your business, in every step in your interaction with other people, uh, in everything you see, in everything you read, everything, the achat has to come into the achat, into the shtayim, into the shalosh. We've always got to bring the element of the supernatural, the element of the magical qualities of, of the world of Hashem into the very tangible, down-to-earth area uh, in which we operate on a day-to-day -day basis. And that gives us something to focus our minds on uh, next, next Yom Kippur, when we say that in the Musaf, and we realize that these moments of counting actually define the philosophy of life. They're our worldview, the way they, the way we operate, and the way we integrate such disparate realities as the physical, tangible world in which we live, and the spiritual world of Hashem, the world of truth, which we infuse into our lives.